Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Galen. Folks, I hope that this finds you well. Today, Mr. Tom Davis will be joining me to share his story. Tom is a man who's a farmer from down in Barsacane direction, goes to the Methodist Church down there and had offered ages ago to go and share his story with me and so it eventually has happened today. I have known him for many, many years and have been blessed by his ministry as he is also a local preacher in the church. So today he joins us to outline his journey of faith and what it means to him. And I pray that you will be blessed by it. But before we get into that, let us begin our time by listening to God's word read to us from Psalm 78 verses 1 to 8 by Charlize. We're reading Psalm 78. My people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Good morning, Tom, and thank you for joining me today to share your story. And a very warm welcome to you. So, Tom, generally the way that I would go and conduct one of these interviews, so to speak, or this conversation is by asking three questions. What was life like before you came to know Christ? What were the circumstances that led you to Christ? And what has life like been since? So, Tom, how did it all begin? Good to be here, Nigel. And just want to share a brief account, I suppose, of my fate down through the years, which is a simple enough one for your listeners. When I was 12 or 13 years old. The Faith Mission came to our area of Borsakian and set up a small timber-framed hall. And there they held meetings for about two weeks. They had an afternoon meeting around 3.30, one for children and an evening one for the adults. Now, on our way home from school, and we would have went on our bicycles during the summer, we were passing this hall and some of us decided we would go in and obviously we would have been invited by the organisers and so we went in uh, to see what was going on. We would have sat on the front row and um, which would have been timber benches with no backs and maybe groups of 10 or 12, I can't quite remember, of children and there was two young girls there one was an accordion, and they were great at singing choruses, doing the actions, choruses like Wide, wide is the ocean, high is the heaven above, deep, deep as the deepest sea is my Saviour's love. I am though so unworthy, still am a child of his care, for his word teaches me that his love reaches me everywhere. And many more songs and choruses like that. Tom, let's just pause there and let us play that song. <laughs> 
So Tom, you were speaking to us about the song that we've just been listening to. Continue on with your story, please. Now, the artists had actions to those courses which made them interesting for us. And this one, along with others, uh, we had to spread out our arms wide, wide as the ocean. And there'd always be a bigger lad beside me which would try and knock me back off of the bench. Anyway, as the week went on, they told us Bible stories and sang choruses. And they explained from those stories how we are all sinners and needed to repent or say sorry for our sins and to ask Jesus into our hearts to forgive us. And there's so many different stories and they explained the meaning of them to us in a way that was easy to understand. Now, at this age, I don't think any of us had done anything seriously wrong. But still, I understood what it meant. Had I not, at some stage, told a lie or took something without permission or bad thoughts or whatever you like. So I knew what they were talking about when they talked about sin and separation from God. And one of the passages was John 3 and 16, that very familiar one. For God so loved the world that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I suppose it's perhaps because we were going every day and heard so many Bible stories about God's love and the need to be forgiven that they had a greater impact on my mind than if we just went to church once a week and maybe hear a sermon we didn't understand and we would have had it forgotten by the following week. But during this week or two, um, it certainly concentrated the mind and I knew that I too, like everyone else, was a sinner and needed to be forgiven. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gale. And my guest today is Tom Davis, who is a farmer from out Boris Cain direction. And Tom has been sharing with us that during his childhood, the faith mission had an outreach taking place in the area in a wooden cabin that they went and assembled. And he was very taken by the songs that they were singing, the action songs that they were singing at the youth service that they had earlier in the day and the Bible stories and they really had an impact upon him because of the concentration of that two-week period where he was enjoying going along to the meetings and obviously enjoying the action choruses. However, he was also very acutely aware, although he would go on and confess himself, that he wasn't a great sinner by any stretch at that age, that he still had an awareness that of his need of Christ as his Lord and Saviour, and that he was someone who was guilty of sin. And that was where we had left the story. So, Tom, can you please tell us what took place next? What did you do with this sin problem that you knew that you had? One night, beside my bed, I plucked up courage, and I asked Jesus into my heart and to forgive my sins. And what I remember about it more, perhaps, is the next morning when I woke up. It was that sense of peace, 
I realized I had a wonderful sense of peace that had overcome me. And then some of the words of some of the hymns came to mind. The peace that passed understanding down in my heart, down in my heart. And for weeks and months later, I had a great uh, sense of joy in my heart. And really, life had taken a turn for the better. And then I realised what so many hymn writers were talking about, that it really was true, like what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul, for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Or perhaps the words of John Newton, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Let us just pause again, Tom, and we will have a listen to that hymn, Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. Not one that would be very familiar with people so much nowadays. Tom, I notice that you're a man who has a great love of hymns, even in the conversation that we've been having so far. Why would you say that is? So, as I pondered on those things, I realised that God's love was very real for so many people. So now... You may be thinking, well, I lived happily ever after. But it wasn't quite like that. Because from there, uh, I went on to secondary school. And we all know that secondary school can be a place to test our faith. And there would have been doubts and questions. And perhaps more doubts and more questions. Could it be real? Or is it just pie in the sky for those who go to church? And as a critical teenager, it was easy to see the faults in others, even churchgoers. And I knew that they too were far from perfect. They didn't always love others. And they didn't always say things that was helpful or whatever. And so the questions continued. Is this real or is it not? In other words, could I depend put my life on it, or, or would I not? And so, for many years, there was a conflict in my mind. Wanting to believe, yet doubts, and perhaps more important, fears. The fear of surrendering my life to Jesus, what it would entail for life and when so many seemed to be out enjoying themselves doing all the kind of things, what was this commitment going to mean? I suppose it was a question of God's way or the ways of the world. But eventually a choice had to be made. And I couldn't say sitting on the fence forever. I had to decide for myself and my own peace of mind, one way or another. And over time, as I considered it, it came down perhaps to two things, really. There were some people in our church, and I knew that for them, Jesus and God and their faith was very real. The care they had for other people, the encouragement they gave, and by every part of their lives, it was obvious it was guided by God 
and a love of God. And I knew because they were part of my life too. So I knew what it meant to them. And perhaps the second reason was I wasn't prepared to lose that peace that I first encountered. Midlands 183 Welcome back to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where my guest today is Tom Davis. Tom is a farmer from over Barsakane direction and Tom is sharing with us his life story. He's sharing with us the journey he had from attending a faith mission outreach that was taking place in a portable hall down around his neck of the woods as a child and how then during his teenage years he was questioning his faith. There were two things that really ministered into his life at that time. The first was that he knew some really genuine people who were genuine in their faith and that inspired him. The second thing was that he didn't want to lose that peace that he had gained from the very time that he accepted Christ as his Lord and Saviour. So Tom, that's where we left it where we were speaking about that peace. Can you continue on then from there, please? I couldn't bear the thought of living the rest of my life losing that peace. And I knew that unless I was prepared to follow Jesus, I would lose that peace. And so I endeavoured, as best I could, to follow Jesus and follow the ways of the Bible and his word as best I could. And like so many things, when I started, I realised it wasn't so easy to be perfect. It was easy to see the faults of others, but as we tried to practice it myself, it wasn't always easy to love and to be forgiving and to be caring. And it was always a challenge. And I suppose it still is. And in a way, the older I get, the more I am aware of my own failings and my own needs. And like many things in life, the Christian life can sometimes be two steps forward and one step back. But there is a hymn that we all know, and the words are so true. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus except to trust and obey. Now, it's a long time ago and I am considering retiring at this stage. I'm married. I've been a farmer all my life. So it has presented lots of challenges uh, down through the years. I'm married and we have four adult children, all grown up. And so life has brought, I suppose, a broad spectrum of experiences that many of us have, the ups and the downs, the good times and the bad times, the happy times and the sad times. And I'm now more convinced than ever about the certainty of God's word. When things are going well, it can be easy to forget God and depend on our own power and ability and whatever. But God's word reminds us 
of who God is, that our strength comes from God. Our creation, our very self, has been created by God. And the air we breathe and the water we drink all comes from God. So never forget God. God's word tells us. And other times when things are not going so well, when we may be feeling down or times are hard, then God's word is there. And the words of Jesus, how much he cares for each one. Take my yoke upon me, for my Lord is easy and my Lord is light. If I might just have time to mention a couple of stories that stick in my mind. One of them is from the Old Testament from Kings. And it's a famous story, just to remind you of it. It's a story of two women who lived in the same house. One had a baby, and shortly after, the second woman had a baby. And as they lived together, suddenly, one night, one of the women lay on her baby, and the baby died. And when she awoke and discovered her baby was dead, she took the other baby from the other woman as she slept, and left the dead baby in her bed. So when they woke in the morning, the second woman realised that the dead baby wasn't hers. And so a disagreement broke out, as we can well imagine. And eventually it was brought to the attention of King Solomon. And the King Solomon, a wise king, uh, heard both of them. Bottom said, this is my baby. And the other lady said, no, no, this is my baby. And there was no DNA in those times. So the king asked for a soldier to come with a sword. He would split the baby in half and give them half each. Immediately, the real baby's mother cried, no, give the baby to the other lady. And on hearing that, King Solomon realised that she was the real baby's mother and ordered that she get the baby. Now that story stays in my mind because it tells of the wisdom of Solomon at that time, which was given to him by God, which in so much of the Bible, especially in the wisdom of Proverbs, there is so much words of wisdom for ordinary people like us as we go through the different situations in life uh, words of wisdom that can guide us and prompt us whatever Welcome back to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me the Reverend Nigel Gale my guest today is Tom Davis and Tom has been outlining his journey since early childhood in regard to his faith coming to Christ at a young age when he was going to a faith mission outreach event that took place in a little wooden cabin that was portable cabin that was being moved around to his journey through his teenage years into adult life and the questions and challenges to his faith but also then through the witness of other people and their solid walk with God and that knowledge of peace that he knew ever since the day he accepted Christ into his life which he did not want to lose were the motivating factors 
for him to keep going in his faith. Tom has been outlining to us some of the scriptures that really have spoken to him, some of the hymns that have really been ministering into his life over the years, but also has spoken about doubts and fears that he had. Tom, let me ask you, can you explain to us some of those doubts that have arisen for you in your journey? One of the um, questions, I suppose, that would have, and doubts that might have come up over the years was the scientists and the experts tell us about evolution and, well, are we as Christians hiding our heads in the sand because science shows that God didn't make the world it has evolved over time. And one of the ways that I would answer that question for myself is that if we look back over the last 130 years, the motor cars we drive today have evolved from a very simple mechanism to cars now that can literally drive themselves. And so it's true to say that cars have evolved. But the thing is, they didn't evolve by themselves. They didn't evolve by being left to time alone. They evolved because of designers, because of engineers, because there was someone there who wanted to make them better. And so the world that we live in, it may have evolved, but it, it has evolved because there was a designer, a creator, behind it and still is and for me that designer and that creator is God. We may not understand how his great power and might but when we look at creation the wonder of the human person, our hands, our feet, uh, our face, how it all works together, how we survive from one day to another, from one generation to another. It's just so wonderful and only because of a great designer called God. And just finally, I suppose, when we look to the New Testament and the words of Jesus, some of his parables are challenging, like the one of the sheep and the goats at the end of time and Judgment Day. And not all the ones who expect to be allowed into his sheepfold, some will be turned back. And he said, inasmuch as you have done it, or fed the hungry, or give someone a cup of cold water, you have done it unto me. And some of those parables are a challenge to us as Christians. Another of his parables, like the lost sheep, tells of God's great love for everyone. And how that shepherd went out, searching the hillside for, even though he still had 99 sheep left, until he found that lost one. And Jesus tells us that so it is with God. No matter who we are, what we've done, rich or poor, alone in the world or not, he seeks us out. And his love cares for us. And he tells us that there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who returns. And so his word tells us of a wonderful love that searches us out 
Um, doesn't depend on how great we are or what we've done. And looking back over my life, um, I am now more convinced than ever of the greatness of God's word, his love, and the need of his word in our world today as we look around us in a sad world. What a difference it would make if more of our rulers and more of our leaders looked at God's word for guidance for themselves. And so uh, that's my simple story and I just want to leave you with that. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you for sharing your story with us this morning. Well, folks, I hope that you have been blessed and encouraged by all that Tom has shared with us and his journey of faith and how that faith from early childhood has impacted his life throughout, even helping him to wrestle with deep questions and knowing the blessing of God's word in his life. Can you say the same when it comes to your faith? Let's just leave that question with you. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, show you grace, and turn his face towards you, and give you peace. Amen.